everyone. Welcome to Fizzball Inside, the weekly podcast magazine of the International Fizzball Association. I'm IFA President Jörn and co-host uh, is our Secretary General, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jörn. Hello, everybody. This is already episode number seven, uh, which was recorded on the 11th uh, September 2020. And today we, of course, analyze the last weekend's finals as we have attended the final in uh, Kellinghusen, the German championships. And Chris, you have been to Switzerland. Yeah, I've been in Wittnau at the Swiss final event of the season. So it was great to be part of that event. But Jörn, I would say let's start with the German event. Tell us a little bit about Kellinghusen. Oh, this was really a, a great uh, event. Uh, you know, it has been uh, one of the events with a very strict uh, hygienic and security uh, measures and concept. And But I have to tell that they really did a very well job. Everyone uh, was taking care of the special situation we faced with COVID-19. And I think at the end of the day, I just can congratulate all the organizers in the German Fizzball League and the teams uh, uh, not only having seen a, a wonderful final, which we'll, uh, we will analyze in a, in a few minutes, but also the the overall running of the competition was really great. Uh, what about the hygienic concept at the Swiss uh, Championships? Uh, have there been any measures uh, in Switzerland concerning that? Uh, yes, of course. There was also a hygiene concept uh, at the final event in Vietnam. Uh, they provided different zones for the spectators. So they had three zones around uh, the match court uh, and also uh, in the in the catering area uh, there were some measures um, you had to, um, to, to take care of. Uh, only around uh, the court it, there was limited space for the spectators. So in each zone, uh, I guess three or up to 400 people were allowed. Um, the only thing, um, but I'm not uh, sure of the concept in detail, the only thing uh, within the zone was that there was no distance between the people. Okay, so the, the, the concept in uh, Kellinghusen was that they provided boxes for uh, each 10 spectators uh, and within the box you were allowed to put off your mask, but uh, traveling around in the whole stadium in the venue, uh, you had to wear a mask uh, and uh, of course um, there was plenty of space, uh, but it, it was really a, a well-organized concept. And even with the rain and the sun and all these things we had, uh, also during the final of the women's, for example, uh, the people stayed inside their boxes and they did not uh, look for a, a roof and uh, met under the roof. Uh, it was really uh, everyone played uh, his or her role uh, in the concept and keep uh, the distance. So it was very visible. And um, let's talk about the, the matches. Uh, it was, um, should we start with the, with the women or with the men? What's your suggestion? Ladies first. As Ladies always. first, as always. Um, yeah, they they have done it again. Uh, the the football players from Alhone SV defended uh, their German title in a really thrilling duel. Uh, they beat uh, TSV Denach 3-2. And uh, as mentioned before, it was 
everything inside. It was heavy rain uh, during the final. It was no thunderstorm, but uh, wind, of course, and then it dried up again. And uh, already Alhorn was leading to zero. And then TSV Denach uh, came back and it was a thrilling fifth set, which finally brought uh, the decision for uh, the defending champion. So once again, congratulations to Alhorn SV and uh, TSV Denach being silver medalist in this match. But as thrilling as the women's uh, final, it was the men's final. And it was, uh, you know who was in the final? Uh, of course, it was Unterhagstetten against Pfungstadt. And if you think about this season, um, I've attended the, the first match day, which was played in Stuttgart-Stammheim. Uh, already there, I've seen the match between Unterhaugstetten and Funkstadt. Uh, no one before the start of the season would have expected that Unterhaugstetten uh, would reach the final. So the classical underdog situation against the record champion from TSV Funkstadt. Uh, the question was just uh, how long will it take? That was the question before starting the final match. But you know, it came different. It came totally, totally different. And I can tell you, uh, even in Switzerland, uh, we followed the, the German championships, especially the men's final, because there was a break between the matches in Switzerland. And it was uh, amazing to watch uh, the performance of Unterhaugstedt uh, and, and how close they get to the title. But in the end, uh, Funkstadt made it again. So congrats uh, to all teams at the German championship, also from my side. Uh, definitely. And, and let's go a little bit into detail uh, how that came. Uh, the first uh, three points uh, made by, uh, by Patrick Thomas, uh, they really, everyone is expecting, okay, it's a 3-0. It will just go like the other uh, finals in the past years. It will be very um, less time or very uh, short time. Uh, but then it turned around. And uh, I have to say that only in the fifth set, when really Unterhaugstetten was in a position to win the title, uh, you have seen that Funkstadt already won 18 titles of the German champs. They, they had much more um, stability and coolness. And Unterhaugstetten, probably the players realized that they are just a small step away from the surprise uh, of winning and uh, leading uh, against Funkstadt. Um, yeah, it was uh, really thrilling, thrilling. Uh, was it as thrilling in, in Switzerland, the finals? Uh, it was, yeah, uh, both uh, finals, especially the women's final, was really thrilling final, uh, and both finals were on a on a very um, high. It were high quality finals, uh, to say it that way. And uh, when I take a look back to the women's final, so the women from SVD so Schmitter won against TSV Jona 3-2-2 uh, two, two in sets and um, it was a very close match so the first set it was 11-9 to nine, uh, to Diepolzau, second set 7-11 uh, to 11 for uh, TSV Jona and the third set 
uh, it was the only set was totally clear for for Diepold. So it was 11 to 3. And everyone thought, okay, now Diepold uh, is, is uh, going for the title. And um, in the fourth set, uh, Diepold has had several match points already. Uh, I guess the score was 10 to 6 or 10 to 7, something like that. And in the end, Jona uh, won that set 12 to 10. And uh, total score was two uh, all in sets. And so the last and fifth set was uh, was really exciting for all spectators. In the end, it was an 11 to 6 for Diepolzau. And they won the, um, uh, the title uh, in Switzerland. And it was, I guess it was for the first time the women from Diepolzau won the title. I'm not totally sure, but I think so. And uh, because the last seven years, Jona won the title. So really cool and uh, congrats to both teams for their performance. And I spoke to both teams uh, after the match. And of course, Diepolzau celebrated a lot and uh, they were really, really happy. But also Jona uh, was happy about the performance of uh, what they showed. And uh, they said, uh, okay, uh, congrats to Tipolza, but we will come back stronger next year and we try again. So uh, I like that approach very much. Yeah, and, and the good thing is uh, also the matches uh, in in Switzerland have been broadcasted for the first time ever, as I see it uh, correctly, uh, on YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, so, uh, and we agreed with the with the um, federation in Switzerland that we will have soon these matches to be rewatched on Fisbol.tv, uh, and that's really great. I've already seen some parts of the matches uh, with all these national players in. Yona, um, it, it was really, um, as far as I understood, some pressure on them. Uh, when will the raw break? Uh, when uh, will an opponent uh, defend them? And as you told, uh, it was uh, really good to see that uh, they have a good approach. They will come back next year. And of course, uh, the, the female players, especially the national players from TS4 Yona, are looking forward for the for the world champs, uh, which may happen in Yona next year. And so this might be a, a great final for their personal career. Um, by the way, of course, you used that opportunity to talk to, to many of the uh, Swiss officials and TSV Jona officials, probably any news on, on that uh, side concerning the world champs? Yeah, as you said, I used uh, my time in Switzerland to talk to a lot of different people, uh, officials, football fans, to everybody uh, in Vietnam. And uh, I can promise you uh, the officials from TSV Jona are still working uh, how to organize the event and how to finance the Women's World Championship and everyone is very motivated and uh, they also asked uh, many members within their uh, club and I would say most of them are very positive for the Women's World Championship uh, in Vietnam and I'm sorry in Jona of course. And uh, I'm, I hope to, that we are able to announce uh, 
the host of the Women's World Championship very soon in the middle of October. But back to Vietnam, uh, there was one more final and that was the men's final between uh, Depotsau and Vietnam. And if I got it right, uh, Malik Müller, uh, the national um, player, uh, was not in the starting five, uh, which was composed by Sabrina Siegenthaler, the only female coach of uh, one of the Nati clubs uh, in Switzerland. Uh, so uh, did Malik... Uh, Enter the match later uh, during the match, or uh, what was the situation? How, how went the this final? Um, you, you know, in the beginning, in the in the single round before, uh, Vietnam was the, uh, dominating uh, the championship so far. Uh, so they were the clear five favorite and going to the final. And then they faced Dipolsa, who finished second uh, after the first single round. Uh, and how was the final then played? Yeah, it was also a great final, high-quality final, and uh, the final score was not that tough at, as it was at the women's final. So it was four to one uh, to beat now, but it was also a very close match, I would say. Uh, first set it was eleven to eight, second set twelve uh, to ten, and yes, you are absolutely right. Uh, Malik Müller was not in the starting five uh, in Dipolzau, so. Uh, Sabrina, coach of uh, Diepolzau, started with Lucas Lesser in the setter position. Uh, and later, I guess it was in the second set, um, Malik entered uh, the pitch and um, got the, the setter position. And Lucas Lesser uh, took the position uh, of the left forward. And uh, then the defense of uh, Diepolzau was better than before, I would say. And um, yeah, as I said, second set, 12 to 10. And in the third set, Diepolzau could win the only set in that match. It was 11 to 6. Uh, and the fourth set was really interesting. Uh, you have to imagine score was 9-all nine, nine for both teams. And uh, Diepolzau was on the service, it was Raphael Schlattinger, and uh, at, at the score of 9-all, the referee uh, blew his whistle, and uh, because Raphael stepped on the service line during the service, and referee said, okay, point beat now, and Raphael did the same mistake twice, and that's why they lost the fourth set 11 to 9. And uh, yeah, Diepolzau well, couldn't face the situation uh, for a couple of minutes and uh, and later in the fifth set, Vietnam won also 11 to 9. So it, all sets were quite close and quite tough. Uh, in the end, uh, only small things decided about the champion in the end. Uh, and congrats to both teams also for their performance in Vietnam. So another great uh, game, another great match uh, at the Swiss uh, Championships. And as mentioned before, uh, you will see these matches soon on fizzball.tv and can rewatch them uh, and analyze whether we are right with our um, what we spoke about the German and the Swiss finals. But uh, one league is um, going, uh, still going on, and uh, that's the Austrian league. And uh, next weekend. 
moment we will see also the uh, the fizzball final in Austria and I'm, I'm very sorry for all this uh, listeners um, from the other part of the world but currently um, we talk about fizzball in Europe as it seemed to be a little bit normal and they are still part of the world where the COVID-19 crisis is uh, much um, more inflecting and not allowing uh, to play fizzball it seemed to be normal and uh, what the situation about next week's uh, finals in Austria. We have two semifinals, men and women, and then we have a final day on Sunday. Yeah, unfortunately, this year there's no final event taking place in Austria because of the COVID-19 situation. And uh, FISPOL Austria decided to play all semifinals and finals uh, not on a central place, uh, but uh, each team Uh, has to to carry out the matches on his or her um, own venue, and yeah, tomorrow let's Saturday the there's the big semifinal day. Yeah, let's start with the with the first semifinal, uh, women's uh, semifinal between La Kirchen and Freistadt. Uh, so the home team uh, of La Kirchen they only lost two sets uh, on the way to the semifinals. Um, who, who do you think is the the favorite in in that match? Uh, the favorite is La Kirchen, I would say, uh, because of their performance in the preliminary round, let's call it uh, that way. Uh, and they are also very experienced. Uh, they, are, they have been already Austrian champion. They have an experience how to play semifinals and final matches uh, compared to the young team of Freistadt, uh, who's a very young team, not that experienced. And it's the first time ever they are part of the semifinal. That's why I would uh, see La Kirchen in the lead. Furthermore, also our um, our colleague, uh, Teresa Eidenhammer, is team member and captain of La Kirchen. And uh, to be honest, I cross my fingers also for her to go to the finals. Uh, that's absolutely okay. Uh, normally, we are neutral in in that position, but uh, if if we talk about uh, Teresa, who is supporting us as staff member, uh, let's cross personally on the personal side uh, the fingers also for her um, step or her uh, performance in the semifinals between La Kirchen and Freistadt. And the other final, uh, the other semifinal uh, in the women's competition is between Nussbach and Volkersdorf Neusiedl. Also, uh, it seems to be that the title defender from Upper Austria, uh, from Nussbach, uh, who has had no loss in the preliminary round, uh, seemed to be the clear um, favorite in that semifinal. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, title defender Nussbach is in the lead. Uh, Wolkersdorf Neusiedl uh, also have shown a great performance this season already. And it's great uh, also to have uh, teams in the semifinals who are not from Upper Austria. So uh, it's really great that they qualified for the semifinals. And let's see uh, who will win the match. As I said, favorite, in my opinion, is Nussbach. Uh, what will happen if uh, La Kirchen and Nussbach wins their semifinals? Uh, where will be this final be played? It's in? In La Kirchen. Okay, Because that's according to the um, preliminary round or what is uh, the... Absolutely. Uh, the better team uh, in the preliminary round will have 
uh, the right to play on their home ground and uh, La Kirchen uh, has the better difference in sets. That's why the final would take place in La Kirchen. Okay, let's let's switch over to the men's semifinals. First semifinal between Fecklerbrook and Anz. Uh, there seemed also to be a, a clear fiver, favorite. Uh, the yeah, Fecklerbrook seemed to be much in the lead concerning that, having much experience. And uh, what do you think about that final uh, semifinal? Yeah, um, you're absolutely right again. Uh, Fuglerbrück is, of course, not the defender of the title. Uh, last year, Urfa won the title in Austria. And uh, Fuglerbrück is the favorite for the title this year because they have uh, a lot of experience in their team, of course. Uh, and five or six uh, team members are also national team player in Austria. So, uh, yeah, they are absolute. They are the absolute favorite uh, of the title, I would say. Uh, and in the press conference uh, before the semifinals, uh, Rafael Dobler also mentioned it will be uh, the, the fight Tigers, Tigers Fücklerbrook versus the Panthers from Enns because uh, Enns has a Panther in their logo. And yeah, let's see. If the tiger will bite the tiger, uh, the the panther. Sorry. Oh, that's that's interesting to know uh, about the animals uh, being or uh, the the animals uh, for the clubs. So um, let's go over to the title defender. Uh, that's a, a floodlight match, which will be played in Urfa between Urfa and Freistadt, the second semifinal in the men's division. Um, who, whom do you see in lead and the favorite role in, in that match? Is there any favorite or is it just uh, a very close match? The Ufra played very well in all these long distance matches. Maybe this is an advantage for them. Maybe, yes. Uh, I guess it will be the closest match from all semifinals. Uh, if you take a look on the paper form, let's call it that way. Uh, so it's really hard to say who will win. Um, I, I could say positive things for both teams uh, and they're very similar. I'm, I'm really excited for that match and I'm happy uh, to attend that match uh, in Linz on, on the home ground of Urfa. I guess Urfa will go to the finals. And if we have a, once again uh, a look on the schedule, it's possible to attend all four matches if you are a fast driver with a car uh, driving through Austria, as far as I can see. So uh, we start with the first semifinal at 10 between La Kirchen and Freistadt uh, in the women's division. And then it's the 1 p.m. between Vöcklerbrook and Enns. And the next match is uh, second semifinal men's uh, women's division between Nussbach and Wolkersdorf at 4 p.m. and that's 7 p.m. between Urfa and Freistadt. So this is the journey you will take tomorrow? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, I don't attend all four matches on Saturday, uh, but I will go to La Kirchen and Urfa 
and uh, of course, both of us, we will go to the final matches on Sunday. It's really cool. Uh, that that's for sure. Uh, I'm really looking uh, forward to attend the the finals on Sunday, uh, the men's and the women's final. And uh, yeah, let's see who will we be in the final. Let's cross our fingers uh, for all the players and uh, that they stay healthy and that the health concepts uh, are. Um, run well. Um, I've read that uh, a maximum of 200 spectators is allowed uh, next to the players. So uh, maybe around about 300 people will be on the venue. Um, let's see how that... Uh, but it's not possible to buy tickets at the gate. Uh, you have to register before and buy the tickets before or, uh, as mentioned before, all the matches Sunday and Saturday as well are covered and uh, transmitted, broadcasted on fizzball.tv. So, Chris, anything more for this week's edition of our podcast? It was a little bit longer and we talked about the, the matches much more than in the past, uh, but I've learned before we started that you have uh, found out something uh, interesting between boxing and fizzball. Can you tell us about the connection between fizzball and boxing? Yeah, of course. There's a close connection between uh, both sports because uh, the grandpa of Polish national team player Leszek Robel um, was... Um, was part of the Olympic Games uh, 19, 1960, and uh, that's that's incredible uh, because his grandpa uh, was boxer in the light heavy weight uh, category, and uh, he was uh, yeah in the gold medal fight. Uh, his opponent was Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, Muhammad and Ali. <sighs> That's incredible. Just imagine that uh, that the grandpa of a Polish football player uh, fought against Cassius Clay and he won the silver medal uh, at the Olympic Games in 1960. That's incredible. And uh, 50 years later, uh, Lesz uh, is a football player in the national team. Uh, so... It's a nice story, nice connection between the sports and uh, quite interesting history, I would say. Definitely. And greetings to our Polish friends uh, who may have listened to that episode. And I, I was aware of the fact that there is a connection between boxing and chess. Um, there's a combined event. Uh, you, you play one round uh, um, chess and then you have another round boxing. Um, maybe there's uh, some possibility between boxing and fizzball. On the other hand, I see uh, fizzball is more connected to chess. Uh, if I look on the strategic uh, on the field of play, uh, it, it seemed to be uh, easier to connect that both but uh, thank you for that story and for sharing it uh, with us uh, yeah dear frisbee friends uh, from all over the world um, it's time to say goodbye thank you for your interest uh, stay with us and uh, watch uh, as we mentioned the next matches on fizzball.tv and chris at the end as always don't forget together, together we, we are, are fizzball bye bye